Are you ready to take your real estate IQ to the next level? Do you wanna know how top agents communicate with their clients and what data and sales tools they use to win in any market? Hi, I'm Jeremy Polarski, and welcome to the first installment of Real Talk with Realtron, the official podcast of Remax Realtron. I have 15 years experience selling real estate in and around Toronto and working with realtors to grow their business. But what I really love doing is just talking shop with realtors who are passionate and professional. Whether it's a way to get a client to see what's best for them or to coax a buyer's agent into bringing an offer on your listing, there are secrets out there that can change your business. In this podcast, we'll bring those ideas along with key market information that every realtor in the GTA needs to know. Today, I'm joined by Alex Polarski, broker hello. of record at Remax Realtron, <laughs> and Cam Forbes, Remax Realtron GM. Hello, hello. So we've got the big cheeses here. Alex has uh, been in the business forever. Forever. Got his wow. license in 1972. That's right, on my 20th birthday right. and uh, 46 years in a month. Wow. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, I'm only 39. I'm, I'm reading your bio here. You, <laughs> <laughs> you, you and my dad started Remax Realtron in 1985. And have been yep. growing it together ever since. Correct. Uh, which iPhone was out at that time? <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't think we had iPhones. I remember my dad had that phone. That That's It right. looked like a house phone, but yes. it was in your car. And it was uh, operated by an, uh, a Bell operator. Yeah, you had to call a person. And my call letters were JJ45925, <laughs> Toronto. Wow. Yeah. I don't know what that What's means. What's your phone number now? <laughs> <laughs> and Cam Forbes here, uh, Remax Realtron GM. I've uh, been with us since 2013, and prior to that, had a long career, including being the Associate Vice President of uh, Royal LePage for 13 years. 13 years, you got it, Jeremy. Great. <clears throat> so we got everyone here. Let's get right started and into it. That uh, sound important. Holy moly. Yeah. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's start with the market. To me, 2018 has been the hardest market to figure out. I used to be able to just take, you know, you bought it five years ago, 6% per year, and maybe a little more in 2015, 16, we could figure out the price. But uh, in 2018, it's really fragmented. There are different segments and different indicators. So Cam, let's start with you. Treb Market Watch touted in the last month that sales are slightly up and new listings are slightly down. So their argument is that the market's tightening up and there's actually less supply for buyers. On the other hand, if you look at total listings available, there are currently more listings. So what's your feeling? What, where are we in the market right now? What type of market do we have? Yeah, sure. Th thanks, Jeremy. So I think the key thing in big picture is that we're in a good uh, overall, you know, balanced, even maybe a seller's market, you would stay still in the overall market. I, I think most people are of the view that we're not, right? I think a lot of people, whether it's agents or consumers out there, are thinking, hey, we're in a buyer's market. Just they've heard so much, I'll call it the negative, you know, press that's been out over the last year. We have had a changed market. It's a different market than a year ago. We've got areas that are buyer's markets. We've got areas that are balanced. And we've got areas that are seller's markets, yeah. right? So that's that's really the story. you got to really drill into the local yeah. area. And, and it's and key that you know your area. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So just for the record, a balanced market is where there's four to six listings for every sale. So right away, you understand that not all listings sell. Right. And by the way, that balance, we haven't had that for let's say three, four years at least. Oh, Something. gosh, try 10. Yeah, maybe. longer. <laughs> yeah, longer. Yeah. A long yeah. time. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that's a balanced market. And that gives an average buyer uh, and seller time to uh, find a property, negotiate, and, and work on a deal. Uh, 
as opposed to what we had for the last five, six years, which was literally a seller's market where there were less than three listings for every buyer. So there was a lot of uh, multiple offers, prices increased uh, dramatically. And then the last uh, buyer's market that I remember that was solid for the whole GTA was 1991, where we had one listing selling for every, sorry, one listing selling for every 10 listings. Right. And, yeah. and I, not in my lifetime. Not in, <laughs> and that's so, a challenge we're experiencing time. today. Right. Most agents uh, have had their license less than seven years. Right. So they've never experienced this marketplace, whereas Cam and I um, um, have. We've been through these markets m multiple times. Right. So we're going to talk about uh, a lot about what, how to handle sellers' expectations and dealing with sellers, because I think this is right now it's the most key thing. Um, just to finish up on the market, condo prices uh, have really led any growth we've had in Toronto. I'm wondering with particularly new condo prices going up so much and even you know all these builders are canceling their projects because they think they can resell it for more in a couple of years. Right. You know, we all hope the market doesn't crash, but we hope they get hurt from that somehow. <laughs> uh, but but you know, with condos going from, you know, eight hundred dollars a square foot was a lot two years ago, now it's fourteen hundred dollars a square foot. Right. Can, well yeah. Can this continue? You know, the the yes, the uh, condo segment has increased. It's, uh, there are a lot of millennials, there are a lot of young people. That's all that they can afford is that five to $800,000 price range. Um, what's interesting is that in the previous years, the, the builders would say, okay, today's market value is $700 a square foot. Come buy it and in four years, chances are it's gonna be more. Right. Today, the builders are saying in four years time, when this project is finished, it'll be worth $1,400 a square foot. So you should buy fourteen hundred. You yeah. should pay fourteen hundred dollars a square. No. That yeah. that makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> they're they're kind of taking the profit already. Correct. And and because the public is so hyped to saying, right. oh, condors are a great investment, we see people going into properties that are not a good investment. Right. And really, this is the proof of why you need a good agent mm -hmm. to represent you. Right. And from the agent's point of view, certainly it's easier to sell new condos, you send someone a floor plan, you bring them to a beautiful sales center, there's no tenant in there messing up the place, it's clean, it's... Absolutely. It, it, you're, you're selling the dream a little bit, yeah. but I think yeah. right now, if you can get a place that's three, four hundred dollars cheaper than what the builder's asking, and you can rent it out for five years while it's waiting, certainly seems like a better investment. No question. Yeah, no question. And, and this is the, coming back to your point, this is why the condominium market has been so strong. Right. So because it makes sense monetarily, uh, because this is the affordability factor. So yeah, the, the condominium market has been leading. Right, and rents are strong as well. And so it's rents supported. are strong yeah. and increasing. Rents are good. Yeah. 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 We yeah. used to talk about that when, I remember condos are $300 a square foot. Yeah. <laughs> when I bought my first condo for, it was just over $300 a square foot. I, I you know, grabbed my pen, I said, okay, I might never be able to sell it, but I'll do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. who knew? Yeah. Yeah. So, but at that time, it was a, a lot of it was talked about, well, you know, do rents support the sale price? And I think in terms of resale, I think rents still support it. So I think definitely. We're, we're strong in that. Yeah, definitely. So let's head back to, um, you were mentioning. Well, let me oh, tell you one more factor, which we have sort of joked about. Yeah. But the, the cannabis trade is going yeah. to bring in many, many tourists from the States primarily 
who are going to come to sample our wares. <laughs> and Airbnb is going to do very, very well. Downtown property, downtown condos are going to do very well. Um, and I was just listening to a news report of, of uh, in Denver, because in Colorado it became uh, legalized four years ago. Right. And they had tourist buses full of people going to weed shops mm -hmm. and smoking up and having a great old time. So, And we're uh, sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, that is only going to increase the value right. of properties because a lot of people are doing Airbnb yeah. these days. Not to mention Uber and Microsoft and all the companies coming to Toronto, That's, but, but yeah. it's probably the week. So with that, uh, going, heading back to more the freehold market and the surrounding areas, uh, a lot of like York region, east and west of, of uh, the core, if one in four or five listings are selling or even worse in some cases, how do you prime sellers? How do you prime sellers when you're taking the listing to have them understand that you're not going to sell the first day, first week? How do you set them up for what indicators to look for? What's a good talk? That's, that's such a good question. Yeah. And I think it starts off with an attitude that our job as real estate agents is to be consultants. And as a consultant, we are obligated to share, and educa uh, share information and educate our clients, whether they be buyers or sellers. So step number one is, is doing a proper CMA, um, being experienced in, in the area because different areas have different characteristics um, and, and working with the seller so they understand what's happening. Right. And ultimately, it's a question of, is the seller serious about moving forward? Because in a balanced market, there is a great opportunity to look around find the right property, negotiate slowly without pressure from other people. And ultimately, what is market value, which is what a willing buyer will, will pay to a willing seller. Mm -hmm. So it's a great opportunity for that. If the seller is planning to, once they sell, to buy something new, then if they accept less than they expect on their home, they're going to buy for less than they expect on the new home. Right. So ultimately, this is the best market to buy in. Yeah. So someone moving up for sure, I think that's great. I think, you know, we've all experienced sellers with, with crazy expectations. So Cam, when you have a buyer with those expectations, there's a, there's a lot of inner struggle. You know, we always preach honesty and make sure you're telling them the right price every sure. time. Seller. But yep. when they say, you know, I want to list 10, 15% more, 20% more than, than it's worth, Sure, what do you do? Do you yeah. take the listing? Yeah, it's a great question. Mm -hmm. and I, you know, I always love this phrase just to pick up on what Alex said in terms of what our role is as an agent, right? So consumers really are bombarded with um, information, but they're starved for knowledge, right? And that's the place of the realtor. It's to provide the knowledge because they've got tons of information out there, but they don't know what to do with it. They don't know what it means, right? So for a seller who's selling their home and believes their home is worth more, it could be just because a property on the street had sold more. It could be a property on the street that sold last year that it sold for a certain price, right? They're comparing to the wrong thing. And it could be a neighbor who's giving them a price that never occurred. Absolutely, right? absolutely. So you've, you've got to be open, honest, and, and manage expectations. So you do have to say that, you know, your home in this marketplace is likely going to sell over this period of time. Here's the value. Here's the comparables. Here's the, you know, the CMA details, the compared to market analysis details that Alex is talking about. 
And you know what I've always found very helpful with sellers is that you also ask them, you know, how would you like me to communicate with you on feedback on how it's going with the listing and how frequently. I'd always suggest to them that weekly we should um, not necessarily sit down, but weekly we should have a call. I should share with you the feedback I'm getting from mm -hmm. showings, from the marketplace, any new listings, any new sales, that sort of thing, so we can take action to ensure we stay on track to sell the home over the period of time for the, the value that is worth, the value that's worth to that seller. So, um, but to ultimately the question, do you take a home that's, you know, a seller thinks 20% and you can't get them to convince? Um, I'd say the answer to that is uh, yes. Um, with the proviso that you have been, you know, fully informed them that the value mm -hmm. you believe is 20% less. We'll give it some tr a try. What's very important though on the market is that we adapt quickly. We don't sit there Correct. with a price yeah. that's too high for right. too long because people will then think there's something wrong with the house, right? So you need to be adaptive. You need to move your prices if you are not getting enough activity to sell and not enough showings, that mm -hmm. sort of thing. So. But the key is, like you said, the seller's motivation and the reality is in a balanced market, <clears throat> let's say there are five listings for every sale which one do you want to be do you want to be the one that sells or the four that don't sell right which also means what is your motivation how serious are you about moving and if you're not serious about moving then let's not bother if you are serious but want to try the market okay we'll try but you have to understand that that chances are it's not going to happen and the good news is if you sell a little bit for less than you expect, you're going to buy for a little bit less than you yeah. expect. I'm going to ask you about your 5% rule in a second. Sure. But, uh, you know, to <coughs> me, I think a lot of people are talking about, you know, it, it may not matter who gets the first listing, it matters who gets the last listing on a property. So sometimes if you end up walking away, you, you might yeah. it might come back to you, but then you got to... Give them a poison pill and all those things. <laughs> and we, we can, can talk, talk about, about that. Yeah, we've got a lot. Well, to now talk we, about. we've brought it up. We're going to talk <laughs> about. Pill. Why don't we take a quick break for two seconds, get reorganized here, and we'll talk about the poison pill when we get back in one second. All right, sounds like a plan. Perfect. Hi, I'm Robin, your digital marketing strategist. It's all about buyers. The more buyers that see your home, the more offers you will receive. And the more offers means you will get the best price terms and conditions for your home. Remax Realtron's exclusive ultimate exposure system will showcase your home to more buyers in more places. How? It starts with beautiful, cutting edge, high definition photos, capturing your home in the best light possible. We then use those photos to create eye-catching photo galleries, slideshows, and color printed feature sheets. We then give your home a custom web address and feature it on up to 12 social media sites, giving your home that extra lift to reach more qualified buyers faster. Ultimate Exposure features an online lead generation form, making it easier and faster for people to inquire about your home and for your Remax Realtron agent to respond quickly. We will also upload your property to the Toronto Real Estate Board's MLS system, Realtor.ca, and Remax's multiple worldwide multi-language sites for added exposure. And so you know Ultimate Exposure is working? Your agent will provide you with a weekly user visit tracking report to directly show you the engagement and interest all of our promotional activities have generated. Attracting buyers is just the start of a successful sale. Responding to inquiries is equally as important. That's why Remax Realtron is open later and longer than any other company. 
to make sure that calls that come in on your property are handled in a professional manner and you never miss a showing on your property. You can feel confident that your home is in the best hands online and off. Without a doubt, Remax Realtron's ultimate exposure will help you sell your home faster and for top dollar. And we're back. Yes. That sounded very Great. contrived. Yeah. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> so, uh, Alex, before we left, we're going to talk about the poison pill because it's Correct. really, it's a fun, Correct. fun thing. I, I like it. It's interesting. This it's is not what... only fun, it's reality. Right. And the concept of the poison pill comes in that there are always agents who uh, give a seller the highest price possible because they want the listing. Then they tie up the seller for six months or a year, knowing that if the seller is desperate enough, eventually they'll reduce the price. Right, so we all get the call. <laughs> Alex, you were great, you were really yeah. nice. If I was hiring someone to walk my dog or do anything <laughs> else in the world, I would hire you. But to sell my house, I got this guy who we're gonna assume yeah. now Probably did a, gave a lower commission. I know you haven't sold real estate for a while, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> but the 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 common call comes in as, you're only gonna give me eight hundred thousand for right. my house. Somebody else is gonna give me a million dollars for my house. I'm gonna go with the guy who's gonna give me more. Right. Is that not the reality? Yes. Even though I haven't sold real estate That's for a while. <laughs> That's the reality. Yeah. And and of course we say, well, have you sat down? Have we talked to them? Correct. And and we assume at this point. They've right. done, they've signed, that's what So the do. poison pill comes in and the knowledge that your competitor is, is coming in with a ridiculously high price and is going to, to, to bring down the seller over time. So being who we are, being honest and straightforward, really the, the honest discussion with the seller is, Mr. Seller, here is the market reports, here is the information. This shows your home is 800000 this agent is hoping to buy your listing, which he is, he's offering you more, uh, but that's not the reality. And rather than me taking a crazy price, I'd rather turn you down than let you down. I can't get you a million, I'm gonna be straight with you. But there is one thing you can do, the, uh, rather than giving that agent uh, a listing for six months or a year, basically say to him, and this is where the poison pill comes in, I'm going to give you two months to sell my house. Why two months? is that's the minimum length of time that Toronto Real Estate Board allows. So say, fine, I'll give you a million, uh, get me my price, I'm gonna give you two months to do it. If you don't do it in two months, then I'm gonna choose another agent. Because what we find is once a seller is tied up, they can't get out from the listing. Right. So the poison pill is limiting that agent who's trying to buy uh, the house for a two month period in the, in the hope and understanding that in two months time, the seller will call you back and go, you were right, all he wants to do is to reduce my price, I'm ready to go with an honest, reliable, experienced agent. Right, I love that, I think that's, that's yeah. the exact, you yeah, know. That's fantastic, yep. You gotta use that today, for sure. And then what we were really supposed to talk about was your 5% rule. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go, 5% rule. You take the <laughs> listing, you know, it, it may feel like a good price at the time, there may not be a good support in the market, but who knows what's happening. Well, comes even, down to sure. It even goes weeks. further than that. The challenge that we had in the last five six years is that the market was increasing. The prices were increasing daily. Uh, if you missed uh, a, a house at a million, 
If you waited another day, you would get a million ten or a million twenty or a million fifty. Prices were going up. Today is the reverse. Prices are going down because of marketing, uh, of, of, of the balanced market. So if there are six houses for sale and only one buyer, the most anxious seller or the most serious seller will bring his price to, to a level that it attracts the buyers. So then all of a sudden there's a new price range. And no, it's not going up, uh, it's not going down by th uh, tens of thousands like it was going up, but there is a general slight price decrease trend. So we, how we were before is trying to find where we are in the upswing. Now we're trying to find where we are in the downswing. Right. Because we as agents are trying to get the seller the best possible price. Right. So basically but the market a, can't fix our mistakes. Correct. If the price is a little high, it won't catch up. That's, that's right. What, that's correct. What exactly right. Um, so I've been tracking prices since 1982. And what I've seen is, and, and the results are from the Toronto Real Estate Board numbers, is when a property is within 5% of market value, it sells. Right. If in 18 days it's not sold, it proves it's a minimum of 5% overvalue. Sometimes 10, sometimes 15, but at least five. So why the market is so sensitive, and again, the Toronto Real Estate Board numbers prove it, is that the average list to sell right now is 99%. Right. Things so are still getting their price when they sell. Correct. People are getting the market value and it sells quickly when it's within that 5% uh, range. Right. So we have to find that range for the sellers and, and so we have to adjust quickly because of the market. And, and the, literally that hasn't changed in uh, what is that? Thir you're the accountant. Thirty-five yeah, no, years. Thirty-five years. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, been the same it's, it's the five percent. Yeah. yeah. And the reason for that, Jeremy, um, is today more than ever, the public is educated. Right. You can go online. You can see what your neighbor sold for. You can see what uh, uh, people are listing for. So the 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 public is educated, but it's not just a question of education. It's a question of what do you do with that knowledge, and that's where we come in to guide them and direct them how to use that knowledge to help them achieve their goals. Right. So Cam, the 5% rule, we're saying 18 days. I always find that a little tight, but I've done the math myself. You're right, yeah. unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you do? So now three weeks on the market, three weeks have gone by and... and no, uh, uh, 18, days. 18 days. I know, I'm, <laughs> I can't take the 18 days. Exactly. It's like from the agent's point of view, it's painful, 18 days to be already talking about it, you, we're, all, we're all a little bit in denial. So let's say- well, but part of the problem also, sorry to interrupt, mm -hmm. is that there is a tendency to shoot the messenger. So we as real estate agents are, are nervous to go to the seller and say, uh, you know what, the market is a little bit different than what we anticipated, we have to react. Right. And so we're nervous about the seller saying, it's you, it's your fault, you haven't done enough open houses, you haven't done enough marketing, you haven't done this, you haven't done that. I chose a, 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 an agent who was not as good as they promised. Right. So that's our real fear. And we have to get over that because it's a matter of, as a consultant, you have to tell the clients the truth, whether they like it or not. Yeah. 
So Cam, you're giving a call to your client and you want to reduce the price. Where do you start? Yeah, yeah well, so it starts off, I mean, again, with the listing. So first off, you're dealing, you're talking to your seller every seven days, right? So by the 18th sure. day, you've spoken to them at least twice about the feedback in the market and you're going to get feedback. It's going to be, it's not just price. Sometimes there's other issues as well, right? You can have a, a home that's had a dog that's been resident for a long time. So there's a smell when you get in the, in the door and the agent has suggested it be cleaned up, but the seller didn't want to thinking it would sell anyhow. So there may be other things beyond price that need to be addressed as well. But at least you're every seven days providing feedback on how it's going. So th this is not a shock. You just don't want to shock people. You don't want to, that's the key thing. I think a mm -hmm. key message is, so keep them informed throughout. When you get to that 18 point, obviously you're booking a face-to-face, -face, you're meeting with them face-to-face. -face. Any news uh, is best face-to-face -face, and certainly what is perceived by the seller is negative news face-to-face. -face. But you gotta come in, you're the expert, you're knowledgeable of the market, you gotta come with, with the facts and uh, you can logically go through it. And some of it's just a review of what you've already talked about right. with the sellers. So, so what are, what are some of that facts? I know with CMA, yeah. obviously if anything's sold in the meantime, what hasn't sold, how many listings have come up? What are the other stats you can give in terms of showings and, and that type of feedback, maybe views online? Absolutely, like absolutely. So a great thing is um, uh, through websites, you can actually get activity of people seeing the property that's right. listed for sale. You can get a sense for, okay, how many people have seen it and then how many showings have I had? So showings are a key indicator. If people aren't seeing the home, they're immediately saying, no, I don't want to see it. So there's something obvious to them without even seeing the home, and that is generally price, right? right. So they haven't gone in, they haven't you know, smelled, they mm -hmm. haven't seen the house or anything. So that's the first place is have, obviously, take a look at what the activity is from uh, just uh, looking at the property and then the showing activity. And the, the showings that do happen, and there, there's likely a few showings, even if it's an overpriced home you'll get the feedback from those specific buyers about uh, about price and you'll also be able to possibly know the buyers might have bought something else on the price they paid for it so that's also right. very helpful right yeah but i think i think a key thing is also a lot of agents don't know you can get the stats right off realtor.ca of how many people viewed the property how many people from there after they viewed the property how many pictures they viewed and how yeah. many favored it right and i think yeah. if you get a sense of your <laughs> listings in your market you can really see a difference Sure. And then and virtual tour, tour statistics. Correct. Like, like our ultimate exposure uh, program that we have, um, it, again, we put our listings on multiple websites. So not only are you getting the, the websites that you mentioned, but there are other websites that we have access to. Right. So that gives this, shows the seller how we're exposing their home in many different ways. Yeah. Right. And we get them on and then... The key, the key, key thing is to track and say, okay, well, we expected 700 people to see it here, 300 people to see it here. Maybe it happened in the first week, but you can see the dimish, diminishing numbers Correct. over time. Correct. So I think that's really key uh, to bring that information. And then again, we're, we're just talking about being honest, right? That's, that's the key, the that key to the this. Key. That is the key. And part of that is sharing what we just discussed, but sharing with the seller uh, uh, the other marketing things that we've done. Right. So turning to, turning to buyers, if we've got all these uh, overpriced listings and sellers who are going to have to come down on their price, we might be the first podcast ever to talk about price reductions in the first <laughs> episode. <Yeah. laughs> I don't know. Uh, but if we're working with buyers and, and buyers are seeing opportunities there, what I want to know is, you know, can we, can we lowball some sellers? Can we, are, are there opportunities out there that aren't being had? Because I know sellers, you know, would always say to me, well, how come no one even brought a low offer, right? right. Right. You don't even get, you get offers that are good or you don't get offers. So maybe it's time, 2018, is it time to start lowballing with some 
with some offers. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, no, I uh, let, me, let me deal with that one. So um, you always, with your buyer, want to provide them the advice to put their best foot forward, right? Regardless of the marketplace, regardless of the property. So it doesn't, it's never helpful when somebody lowballs, right? Because the seller knows it's a lowball, right? And you just upset them, you make them angry, and they're not even wanting to see an offer. Well, the, you're not even going to get a sign back. No, right? you're not and even going to get a sign back. Exactly. And honestly, yeah. we've seen many sellers who get so upset that they say, I am not going to sell to that buyer. Right. And regardless I just don't of like them. I don't want them. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's an emotional time. Absolutely. Regardless of the motivation. Yeah. I, my, my rule was always if a buyer wanted to, if a buyer was telling me to, to send an offer that was 10% lower than ask, I would make the call first. And I always want to make the call to the agent and say, look, this is what my buyer wants to offer. Well, I think what this is thinking? where um, the, the time has changed. Yeah. Um, we as real estate agents get paid when we're talking to people. And the last four or five years, the market was so strong that you could get away with not talking to people. You had the buyer go to the open house, look at it. <laughs> you like the house. Here's the offer. Sign it, right. send it back to me. You then send the, the offer to the listing agent, to the agent, get it accepted, great. You email the buyer, okay, we made a deal. Right. And your hands were clean, you never met anybody. Right. Uh, that was an anomaly. And you complained when there was traffic on the way to, <laughs> to deliver the, the deposit, right? right? Deposit, right. <laughs> so, so that was an anomaly. Uh, we get paid uh, to talk to people. Uh, you get paid to present offers. You get paid to, to, uh, to uh, do a listing presentation. Sometimes you don't get paid that particular night, but you're planting seeds and in the future you will get paid. And why it's important to present your own offer is because you don't really know what the seller's objectives are and the reasons why they're asking their price. Yeah. And you don't know how flexible they are. Right. And ultimately, you've got to work with the listing agent to put together a sale that the willing buyer is willing to pay a willing seller. That's market value. Right. And unless you're meeting with people and finding out their reasons why they want their prices, you may learn something that, oh, you're right, I didn't realize that you have done this to the house. Now you go back to your buyer mm. and you say, you know what, this is why they want their price. They have done this, 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 and this to the house. That raises the value. And I, now I didn't think it was uh, market value, but yes, now it is because of these reasons. Mm -hmm. So yeah, in-person presentations, that was critical. You know, it, was only, it was only maybe eight, 10 years ago where most offers were presented in person regardless. And it was yes. always strange that there was one, you know, <laughs> someone emailed it in or almost said faxed in. Yes. So it was yeah. strange at the time, but now, you know, a property sitting on the market and offer 90% gets emailed in we got virtually zero chance of acceptance, right? Zero chance. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. it, and, and I think it's beneficial to the buyer and the seller to, to get everyone together in person. So uh, I think, you know, we really have to promote uh, in-person presentations. Yeah, the specifics, so you know the specifics are, are key, and this is, again, is any market, but it's a good reminder for all uh, professional salespeople out there, agents out there, is first off, you gotta present the offer in person, you gotta have certified funds or a bank draft, you've got to have that uh, uh, material deposit, right? You can't put in some really low deposit. Right. Um, you know, it's funny, when the market was hot, you would find people who'd be faxing in things, and I, Many, many situations. We had an agent who wanted to fax in a deposit check. Yeah. 
<laughs> and many, many situations you can, re you can recount the person who was there in person got it. Then they got it not necessarily yeah. for a greater price. They got it because they were there in person right. with yeah. their buyers and could respond quickly. You know what? I, I was yeah. actually speaking to one of our agents uh, two weeks ago. Uh, it was a multiple offer situation. They presented in person. The other offer came in via email. Um, and because they were sitting there uh, and the buyer was outside, uh, we got the sign back, we did the deal, right. and the agent who uh, yeah. emailed it in yeah. didn't even have a chance. Right. But ultimately, here's the real question, okay? Effort is rewarded. If you are not willing to put in the effort to present uh, 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 an offer, yeah. what do you think you're entitled to a $15,000 check? No. What effort did you put out? And also, and it goes to the buyer, you need to, with your buyer, do a CMA as well. And I think that's another reminder Absolutely. for agents, right? You need to do the CMA before you put the offer in, so you know it's not a lowball offer, that it's a good offer. Exactly. And it may be off the listing price, but at least it will reflect market value. Yeah. And, and here's the other factor, yeah. too. You may be dealing with a listing agent who knows it's overpriced, but the seller isn't listening to them, yeah. and you come in as a fresh individual, yeah. show right. them the, the information that the listing agent was reluctant to show them, and show the seller that in fact his listing price is high, and that this is a realistic price, and that you can help them move forward with their lives, because their lives are on hold until the home is sold. Right. So I, I think that's huge. I think we all agree. Let's get back to in-person presentations. Let's turn some of these buyers who want to buy some of these sellers who are sitting there on the market into, into deals. And, and the rule I have paid. is if it looks easy and it requires no effort, chances are you're not going to get paid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. There is no Santa Claus. Agreed. There is no. no free lunch. I'm Agreed. sorry. Yeah. So talking about getting paid, let's, let's move ahead. We're really two months away from 2019. How did that happen? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's, yeah time's flying. <laughs> but we're really looking to, you know, maybe squeezing another couple deals out of uh, 2018, but we're really on to our thoughts of 2019. The work you do today in the next 60 days is really going to pay off in 2019. So Cam, what's really important? What should agents be doing with the last two months of their year to make sure that next year regardless of the market is the best year ever. Yeah, so so first off, they should be setting a goal for next year, right? So they should be taking a look at their business over the last few years, see where their business came from and see what's their goal. Hopefully they've got a coach, you know, somebody to actually help them out, like sure. our branch managers, to actually give them some advice on what that goal should be and how to achieve it. And then they got to figure out, okay, where's that business going to come from? And always repeat and referral is a key element of every business. You always start there. So they should be then, okay, all my past clients, all of my friends' family, I need to be in touch with them now. So uh, often historically, and some people think this is out of date, but calendars work. So it's a great opportunity to go by and visit this time of year, bring a calendar for 2019, and have a conversation about uh, sure. their plans and uh, people they know and what they're doing in 2019. Comes down to personal contact. Absolutely. So don't just mail out the calendars, no. deliver the calendars. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, you, what was, uh, you just stole my November power meeting. Oh which is uh, uh, 2019, your best year ever. Right. So that's what I'm going to talk about at, at each branch is my power meeting is how do you make 2019 a great year? And as Cam says, it starts with today. Yeah. Because the, now is the start of how to plan and get ready for 2019. If you are going to wait to plan and start 2019, 
you're not going to get started till the end of February. So and you're down April, two, two months. months. So good. Exactly. So let, let's, to months. let's yeah. totally yeah. blow your power meeting for next yeah. month. No. Uh, <laughs> so so really, what I'm hearing is the number one thing is set a goal. Know yep. your numbers yeah. and set a goal. Yes. Yeah. Know numbers and set a goal. And after you set a goal. Uh, you want to visit in person and whether you're giving calendars or whatever people do, whatever. everyone's got exactly. their own thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Starbucks cards, Christmas cards, yeah. whatever. The full gamut. You know, yeah. uh, lots of different things, but yeah. get there in person yes. and spend all your time visiting your clients, uh, particularly in December as things get a little bit quieter. And then 2019 is off and running. And what's one tidbit? Let's, let's give our last, uh, our last thing. What's, what's one little prediction for what's going to happen in 2019? Uh, in terms of market or in terms of the whatever is happening in our marketplace, what yeah. do you think? What do you think is coming forward? My view is, and Alex will give his thoughts too, and we may or may not completely. You can't agree, stop me but, from uh, going. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I think it's going to be the same. Same with what we got now. So it's a it's a, a balanced. Some places seller, some places buyer market. So it's still a good market. And I think you know the advice to uh, our agents or any agents, right, is they've got to look big picture. This is this is a this is an okay market. It's a good market, right? You can't get down in the dumps. You can't think it's not a good market. But you have to have activities. You have to actually work. To to do the business, get the business. Those agents that are great will get more business next year, and those agents that are not, that you know may work less, that aren't serious about it, will lose business. So there's yep. a great opportunity for serious professional realtors to to do even that much better in this type of market than when the market is what it was two right. years ago. Stay yeah. positive, find opportunities. Yeah, I, I do agree, Cam. Um, you agree? I oh, am. My goodness. <laughs> it's never happened before. Uh, sort of. <laughs> sort of. Yeah, you can have one. I just don't want to make you feel bad. No, <laughs> you'll say I agree, and then you'll say the total opposite. Go ahead. What, what's, no, what's I, really I key think for the number of sales is going to be the same as it was this year, roughly uh, 85, 90,000 listings sold. Yeah. Yeah. But they're going to, sorry, there's going to be more listings available. Yeah. More so it's going to be a little bit of a softer market. Uh, I am concerned with interest rates going up a smidge. Uh, which is again going to take some people out of the market. That's the bad news. The good news is we're going to have 85 to 90,000 listings sold. Yeah. And for every listing sold, there's a buyer. So there are going to be transactions, but they're going to be for those agents who work. And honestly, real estate is a simple business. It is uh, meet people, talk to people, get them to like you, help them solve their real estate problems and stay in touch. We have a lot of agents who don't want to meet people and don't want to stay in touch, which leaves the two middle. And it ain't going to work. No. you got to talk to people. And unless you do that, you can't have a real estate career. So talk to people. And uh, stay in touch. Yeah. Great. And because you guys let me host, I will take the last word. And, and my tip for 2019 going forward is figure out what you have a lot of business in and do the opposite. So if you have a lot of buyer leads, use those buyer leads to go after sellers and Correct. present yourself as someone who has a lot of buyers. And if you have a lot of sellers, start placing ads in ways you wouldn't have done to get the opposite. It's going to help with your sellers. That's my tip uh, for next year. I think we got a lot covered in our first podcast. Uh, just to recap, we talked about how we're in a balanced market. We talked about how uh, the new condo prices have exceeded a little bit where they should be, or maybe a lot. Uh, we, we got a good lesson in the poison pill. We got Alex's 5% rule. And what I love that we talked about is we talked about presenting offers in person, having a bank draft, being professional, sticking to the fundamentals, and getting out to your clients and uh, meeting everyone to have a great 2019. 
So thank you so much to Alex and Cam. Thank you to all of you listening. Uh, keep an eye out for our next month's podcast. Keep an eye or an air. Either one. <laughs> you, can, you can watch or you can listen. Uh, keep watching, keep listening, and we will get our next podcast out. You'll see the topic really soon. And uh, this is going to be a fun medium that we can speak to all of our agents and, and whoever wants to listen uh, and learn a little bit about the real estate market. Sounds so like a plan. For Real Talk at Realtron, I'm Jeremy Pilarski signing off. Signing off. All right. See you later. <laughs> Thanks.